Hey, this is Shane Valenstein, the pastor at City on a Hill Community Church. I want to welcome you to our sermon podcast. I hope that this podcast helps you grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at cityonahillmd.org. Enjoy the message. All right, so we're in the last week of our Fear of Commitment series. If you didn't know, today's a little bit different, okay? Uh, If you can't, there's a giant uh, tub behind me, and we're going to be baptizing some people at the end of service today, which we're really excited about. But all month long, we've been talking about our general fear of committing to anything in this life, right? Let alone committing to to God, committing to, to people, or committing to the church. Like, we are not very good at just committing to anything. But then when it comes to faith, it can be even scarier. It can be even more intimidating. Following Jesus takes effort, and we have to be intentional on following him. So in order to make any sort of impact in this world for Jesus, it's going to take time, and it's going to take effort. And as we've been talking about um, all month, we've been talking about actually being committed to Jesus. Today I want to take some time to, to look at how Jesus really made an impact in the world. And if we look at the way that he was committed to making an impact, how then can we take that and apply it to our lives? How do we do that? How do, how do we live for Jesus? By looking at the way that Jesus himself lived. So when, when Jesus started getting, it just started getting into his ministry, the very first sermon that, that is recorded is known as something called the Sermon on the Mount. And, um, or some people call it the Beatitudes. And what the Beatitude means is supreme blessedness. And this sermon is the greatest sermon ever given in the history of the world. It's the greatest sermon that you could ever read that, that has ever been given, which makes sense because it was given by Jesus himself. But we don't have time to break down the entire thing, but we're going to talk about a part of it, okay? So in Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, it'll be on the screen behind me. It says this. This is, this is Jesus talking, okay? This is a sermon that he gave, him preaching, okay? Hi, buddy. That's my son, Charlie. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door. And pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now this passage has something extremely important to say about truly making an impact in our world. And that's this, okay? We've been talking about being committed all month long. Being committed starts in private. It starts when you're alone. It starts when nobody else is around. Here's here's the truth, okay? I have no idea what you're like in private. No idea. The person next to you has no idea what, what you're like in private. But the private you is the real you. I promise. 
That, this, is, this is really where the rubber meets the road, friends, okay? When we, when we talk about what sort of faith do you have, if you ever wonder, man, is my faith strong? Like, do I actually have real, strong, God-glorifying faith? Is, it, is that a real thing that I have? And if you aren't sure, examine your life when nobody else is around. You, you know what you do when nobody else is around. You know how you act. Now, now you can't control all of your thoughts, right? Like, we don't, we, sometimes thoughts pop into your head and you're like, that was weird. I don't like that thought. And, and, and you can't always control those sort of things. But you can control what you do with them. You can control the next step that you take. You can control the things that you do when you think nobody else is around and nobody else is looking at you. The way that you act around other people is fine. Like, it's fine. There are expectations for you to behave a certain way in front of other people, and we all, most of us, agree to those expectations, but not all of us, you know. But generally speaking, we all have expectations as to how I'm going to act and how other people should act when we're around each other. When you show up here on Sunday mornings, you probably have expectations. Other people probably have expectations of the way that we all are going to behave. Now, not everybody is the same, but, but that's fine. It's not the real you. It's not. And I'm going to also let you in on a secret. This is not necessarily always the real me. And now this, I, I, this is not meant to sound hypocritical. But we, especially me in my position as your pastor, I cannot just be completely unhinged in front of you. Now maybe when I'm with Chase, outside of this, and then I could be unhinged. But, but like, I can't, I don't know what all of you are thinking. I don't know what your expectations are. And that's not meant to be that I'm hiding parts of my life from you. I try to be as transparent as I can possibly be in front of you. But I also, this is, this is the truth, okay? I, we got to be honest. We got to be transparent. Sometimes at church, I got to put on my pastor hat. It's just the reality of it, Nicole, is it not? It's just, it's just the reality of it. Sometimes I, I I have to make sure that I'm dotting all my T's. That's not right. Dotting all my I's and crossing all my T's. I got to make sure that I'm behaving the right way. And I don't want you to think that I'm some heathen outside of here. I really don't want you to think that. But this is just reality of it. This is not always a real me. You are not always you right here in these seats. But when you're by yourself, you are. When I'm by myself, I am. And there's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with behaving a certain way around other people, okay? It's, that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Now, it is if you completely compromise your morals when you're not around other people. But when you are home alone, nobody else is around, what do you do? Who are you? When you pray in front of other people, you probably aren't getting totally real. When, when, when you probably aren't completely, entirely honest about exactly what you're wrestling with. And you don't need to be necessarily. But when you're by yourself, you need to be. When you're, when you're alone, you need to be. And this is why Jesus said, when you pray in front of others, you have received your reward in full. So if you are only praying in front of other people or with other people, you have received your reward in full. But what you do in private is where it really matters. See, when we're, when we're praying with other people, you aren't really listening for what God is trying to say to you. Instead, 
You're doing all the talking. I'm doing all the talking. And, and we don't like awkward silence. It makes us uncomfortable. So if we, if, if we were to like say, hey, we're just going to pray together in silent, most of you would not be able to focus because it would be so unbelievably uncomfortable for you the entire time because you're just like, when's somebody going to say something? When's somebody going to break the silence? Or have you ever been a part of a group where you're like, okay, we're all going to pray together and we're just going to open it up and pray as you feel led? And going into it, you're like, this is going to be a train wreck. <laughs> Who's going to step up? Who's going to start? And you could probably predict. It's like, okay, I know who's going to say something. Nicole's definitely going to talk. <laughs> Janine definitely is not, right? <laughs> we have a joke. Janine and I would have a joke. She's like, I will not pray in front of people, right? But you, you probably already know. And then it's like, okay, then once the last person prays, who's going to close it out? And it's all uncomfortable. It's all awkward. And we're like, this, I don't like this. And we're not focused on actually praying. We're just focused on the expectations that are involved. But when you are by yourself, are you praying? And when you are praying, are you doing all the talking? Are you just blabbing out everything that's going on in your life? Do you actually take time to slow down, stop, and listen? Be still and know that I am God. Do we take the time to do those things? And Jesus is saying, there's nothing wrong with praying in front of people. But the hypocrites that are out there are only praying in front of people. Doesn't mean that everybody prays in front of people is a hypocrite because then that would make me one. But like, it's the, 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 the hypocrites that are out there only pray in front of people. And if you're only praying in front of people, then all you're doing is putting on a show. If you're only playing the part, and this doesn't just apply to praying, if you're only playing the part of being a Christian when you show up here on Sunday morning, you are a hypocrite. And guess what? The church is full of them. It's full of them. All of us. All of us have been hypocritical at some point or another. But if you are only playing the part of being a Christian when you are here, that's a problem. See, you aren't really listening for what God is trying to say. Praying is not a one-way street. And a lot of times when I, when I feel like I haven't heard from God in a while, I ask myself if I've taken the time to just stop and listen. And the answer is always no. See, I have no problem telling God everything that's going on, but I struggle to stop and slow down. But ultimately, whenever you make an impact, we have to focus on the small things first. What you do in private is reflected by what happens in public. When you, when you take the time to work on yourself in private, it will come out in public. It will come out of you. And honestly, whatever you do in private will come out in public. Now, it doesn't mean that all of your skeletons in your closet is just going to be revealed to everybody in the world. But the way you take care of yourself, the way you behave, it always comes out. See, I, I've often talked about how I was never the greatest student. And uh, as kids are getting ready to go back to school tomorrow, I was, I was never, never the greatest student. And the reason why I was never a good student was because I never took the time to study in private. Never. Now, if there was like an assignment that was due by Friday, no problem. I can do that. But if they were like, hey, a test is Friday and you should study for it, I'm like, nope, ain't doing that. And I wouldn't. I just wouldn't study. And then guess what was reflected in my test scores? <laughs> the amount of studying that I did, which was zero. 
Zero. I just, I, I had no interest. I did not care about being a good student. I cared about just making it through. And maybe you were like that, maybe you weren't, right? I, that was all that I was worried about. But it always reflected, the test always reflected what I was doing when nobody was looking around. And everybody has talent. Everybody has skill. But the people who stand out in their talent only do that because they take the time to improve their talent and to improve their skill. I think about um, the reason why the greatest basketball player to ever live, Michael Jordan, and if you think it's LeBron, you're wrong, but the greatest basketball player to ever live, in my opinion, is Michael Jordan. And the reason why he was the greatest basketball player to ever live was not because he was the biggest, strongest, fastest guy, but it's because he worked harder than every other person there was. He put in the work, so much so that nobody liked him. I don't know if you know that about Michael Jordan. He was a terrible teammate to have in the sense of whether he was fun to be around, but he was a great teammate to have because he pushed everybody to be better at their craft. And what makes a professional athlete so great on at game time is all the work that they put in when nobody else was looking. That's what, that's what separates the cream from the crop. That, that's, that's what separates it. And for you in your life, if you are not working on yourself privately, it will show. See, before Jesus started his ministry, what did he do? He went alone in the desert to pray. That's what he did. Jesus, son of God, before he started his ministry, he said, I've got to make sure that privately I'm right, that privately I'm good. I'm no good to anybody else if I'm not right. So he went, prayed and fasted for 40 days in the desert before starting his ministry. Before Jesus's ministry ended, what did he do? He went into the garden of Gethsemane, and he prayed by himself while the disciples were sleeping in the garden. Every step along the way, when Jesus would, would be, when, he, when all the crowds were following him and they would try to get away, he would often retreat to get alone, to be by himself, to pray, to spend time with God. You can't know what God is trying to say in your life if you don't spend time with God. There's no other way around it. So you want to be all in? You want to be committed? It can't only be in front of people. And now that we talked about the importance of having a private relationship with God, there is another step that is also important to being fully committed. Being committed also means going public. Right? In, in the beginning of the Beatitudes, Jesus talked about the importance of taking our faith public. And this is, this is what he said in Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. See, obviously, for us as a church, this is where we get our name from. If you didn't know, it's directly from the Bible. But our logo is also a lantern. And the reason why it's a lantern is because we're not ashamed of who we are. 
A city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Now, we live in a very politically correct world, and I understand that. We are not called, you and I are not called to force our beliefs on anybody else. Anything that is forced is not anything that will stay. So we're not called to do that. We're not called to force our beliefs on everybody else. That, that simply doesn't work. But we also are not called to be ashamed of our beliefs. You do not have to be ashamed for believing in Jesus, regardless of what the world tells you, regardless of what society says, regardless of what you saw on Instagram, regardless of anything else that the world throws at you. Throws at you. It makes, the world makes us think, oh, I have to keep this to myself because I don't want to upset anybody else. I don't want people to think that I'm weird. And yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not actually trying to hide it. I just don't want people to know because then if they know, then, then maybe they won't be my friend and then I won't have an opportunity to share my faith with them. And, then, and that's how we justify it. That's how, that's how we get around it. And again, I don't want you to be on the street corner with a Bible and, and a cross and yelling at people on the street and saying, everybody's going to hell if you don't listen to me. I, that's not what we should do. We've seen those people, right? And that. That is an awful example of the love of Jesus Christ. But at the same time, we cannot just go and hide away from the world and expect the world to then know about Jesus. We can't do it. We can't be ashamed of who we are and, and what we believe. Being a follower of Jesus means, this is what it means. It means that we have a fire lit inside of us that cannot be contained. That, that, that cannot be hidden from the world. Otherwise, it will go out. I don't know how much you know about fire, but if fire doesn't have any oxygen, it dies. So if you're, if you're like, okay, yep, Jesus, I, I, I'm, I'm going to follow you. I, 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 I'm committed, but I'm going to take this little spark that I have in my life, and I'm just going to put it away. I'm just going to cover it. I don't want anybody else to really know because I just want to work on it by myself and those sort of things. And eventually, it will go out. But the minute that you bring it into the air, the minute that you bring it out into the open, it begins to grow. It's what happens. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Your faith cannot be hidden. And if your faith is hidden, it will die. And I know that this isn't popular. I know that it isn't cool. I know it isn't whatever. I, it is so important. What we have what we've found, if you found the love of Jesus Christ, if you've accepted it, if you've accepted that grace in your life, if you've done those things, then you know, I cannot contain this. I have to share this. I have to live this out. Because it takes all of you. All month long, we've been saying, look, you can't, it's not just dipping your toe in. If you're just dipping your toe in and you're just trying to see how it feels, okay, I get that. Eventually, you got to either get in or you got to go. And that's what you're going to do. There's no in-between. There's no one leg in, there's one leg out. We're getting ready to baptize people in a minute here. We don't, we don't bring those people up and we go, okay, just dip your toe in and then now you're good. We completely dunk them. Gently. We dunk them. Completely submerged. Because it's saying this. It's saying, I am fully committed. An outward expression of an inward faith. 
Regardless of what the world says, I know what God has done in my life. I know what happens in my life in private. And because of that, I can't contain it. And that's why we do something like this. That is, let's be honest, okay? It's kind of weird. Can we be honest? We've got, I've got a bathtub up here. <laughs> and I'm going to get in there, and then three other people are going to get in there, and we're going to lower them in the water and come back up, and you are going to erupt in cheers. And what they're saying is, God's grace is enough for me. It's enough. I don't need anything else in this world but Jesus. He's enough. Sufficient. His salvation goes beyond all understanding. His peace transcends all understanding. His wisdom guides the, the footsteps of my life. Everything that he is, I want. That's why baptism Sundays are like my favorite Sundays. They're the best. Because this is life transformation. People recognizing the work of Jesus in their lives, and it changes everything. See, our job, your job, my job, is not to worry about how anybody else will react to your faith. Your job is to please an audience of one, Jesus Christ. That's what our job is. Nothing else matters because everything else is fickle. It's temporary. So we're going to baptize three people. In a moment, we're going to baptize Josephine Ferreira. We're going to baptize Joy King. We're going to baptize Chase Waterstraight. I am so excited because this is a public declaration of a private relationship. That's what it is. A public declaration of a private relationship. But in order to go public with our faith, we need to have a private faith first. We need to spend time with Jesus first. You will not make a public impact if you do not have a private relationship. There's no way around it. And you can fool people for a period of time. But we're not talking about making an impact for a little bit. We're talking about making an impact for eternity. And in order to make an impact for eternity, it takes all of you. All of you being committed to all of Jesus. Amen? So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite my staff on stage with me as we, uh, as we get ready to baptize some people. And uh, Amy, or Abby, sorry, you're Abby. Can you take this and, and pl place that over to the side for me? And um, so this, this is how baptism works, okay? We're going to invite each person up. And when they come up, they're going to share their story or somebody's going to share their story on their, on their behalf. I'll, I'll read on, on their behalf. And the reason for that is I want you to hear what Jesus has done in their life. I want you to hear how their life has been impacted, how their life has been changed. Because the stories of people is greater than any sermon that I could ever give. Literal life transformation. Amen? Then after they share their story... We're going to get in the tub together, and I'm going to invite any family and friends to come up with them who would like to support them, surround them, and um, you can decide that, that for yourself if you want to come and, and support the person being baptized, and everybody is supporting. You're in this room, so you're already supporting, um, and then I'm going to ask them just a few simple questions, pray for them, and baptize them. After I baptize each person, 
I want you to cheer loud, okay? Because this is a celebration. I don't want you to just go, yeah. It's in the golf course. This is a party, okay? It's a celebration. We are celebrating the fact that three people have found the grace and love and salvation of Jesus Christ. And if we can't get excited about that, I don't don't know what we're even doing. So your job is to be excited. Can you do it? Amen? So I'm going to invite Josephine Ferreira and her family and any friends who would like to come up and join her.